everybody. This is Phil Rizzuto welcoming you to another game in the 13th straight year of Yankee baseball as brought to you by Valentine Beer. Today, the Yankees meet the Boston Red Sox here at Fenway Park in the Yankees' last appearance here in Boston. For the New York Yankees, leading off playing right field, Hank Bob. Tony Kubek is at shortstop today, batting in the second position. Cletus Boyer is giving a bit of a rest. He's been playing real fine defensive ball, but hasn't been hitting the way Casey Stengel would like to see him hit. So he figures a day or two rest might get him primed up a little more. When he puts him back in the lineup, he'll start belting that ball the way he knows he can. Mickey Mantle is in center field hitting third. Yogi Berra batting in the cleanup spot and doing the catching. Elston Howard at first base hitting fifth. Hector Lopez batting in the sixth position playing left field. Gil McDougal batting seventh and playing third base. At second base hitting in the eighth position Bobby Richardson and doing the pitching and batting ninth Duke Moss. The Boston Red Sox leading off, playing second base, Pumpsy Green. Gary Geiger batting in the second position and playing center field. Pete Runnels will be playing first base, batting third. Gene Stevens in left field, batting in the cleanup spot. Ted Williams not in the starting lineup. Jackie Jensen batting fifth, playing right field, playing third base and batting sixth, Frank Malzone. And there go the White Sox out on the field. Oh, the Red Sox out on the field. Everybody's worrying about the White Sox and the Indians who's going to win the pennant between the two of them. But the Yankees are playing the Red Sox today. Sammy White doing the catching, batting seventh. John Budden batting eighth, playing shortstop. And Jerry Cassell doing the pitching and batting ninth. Ready to go. Hank Bauer swinging a couple of big bats. Walking up towards home plate, Jerry Cassell rubbing up the new ball, putting a little rosin on it, starting his warm-up tosses. Cassell has won nine and lost eight on the year. Against the Yankees, he has no wins and one, one defeat, which is his lifetime record against New York. Jerry was born September 27, 1933, in Brooklyn, New York. He's 6'2", 200 pounds. Still lives in Brooklyn. like a movie. His parents passed away when he was a youngster and he was raised by an older sister and a brother who, together with his CYO director, became interested in baseball and continued his interest to where he became a big leaguer. Stepping into the batter's box, batting 230. Hank has 17 doubles, nine homers, and 34 runs batted in. Frank Crosetti coaching at third base. Ralph Hoff down at first. On deck, Tony Kubek. Boy, this is a gorgeous day. The wind is blowing out, by the way, which means any balls hit up in the air will carry. The first pitch of the ball game is a strike, a curved ball on the outside part of the plate. Cassell lost to the Yankees 8-5 back on August 11th, losing to Duke Moss, his opponent today. 
to wind up by the right-hander. He kicks, and the fastball is fouled off the screen and back of the plate, strike two. Patel started two other times against the Yankees on July 11th and August 16th, but he was knocked out in both games and did not figure in the final decision. Yankees 15 and a half games behind the White Sox, one full game behind the Tigers for third place. Here's the pitch. Popped in the air and back of shortstop and left center field. Bowden going back. Stevens coming on and Stevens, what a pitch Stevens makes. Right off his shoot and half the ball hanging out of his glove. And that was almost one of those triple collisions that you fear and that sometimes happened. Bowden, Gary Geiger, and Gene Stevens all converging on the ball in short left center field and Stevens stopped at one second and then continued and he's got those long arms and he just reached out low to the ground and caught the ball in the webbing of his glove. A beautiful play by Gene Stevens on what could have been a gift double for Hank Barr. One away, here's Tony Kubek. The pitch to Tony is outside ball one. Kubek batting 293, has 19 doubles, 7 triples, 5 homers and 44 runs batted in. Tony has a seven-game hitting streak, and he's the hottest hitter on the Yankees right now. Cassell ready. The pitch is low ball two, two and nothing. On deck, Mickey Mantle. So the ball game starts off right away with a spectacular play by the Red Sox left fielder Gene Stevens. Happy to hear that the Armed Forces Radio picking up our broadcast today for our service men and women around the world. There's a foul back out of play just to our left. Right in the Skyview seat. Souvenir for Tom Yorkie. Owner of the Red Sox. There's a fellow that doesn't need a baseball. But... Yorkie has been a great man for baseball and for baseball players. Real sportsman. The pitch to Kubek is pop foul again to the left and out of play. This one going into the box seats and back of the Yankee dugout. <laughs> a fan with a yellow shirt just struck up one hand just as nonchalant as you'd like with a bag of peanuts in the other and made a nice catch. He's got glasses on too. Not that that makes any difference. A lot of ball players are wearing glasses. Oh, just like Pluck and Cherry. Two and two to count on Tony Kubek. One out and nobody on. No score on the top of the first. Cassell in the lineup. The pitch is popped to left field. Gene Stevens flips the glasses down. Moving under it. And makes the catch for the second out. So Stevens has helped Cassell retire the first two Yankee batters, and it brings up Mickey Mantle. And Mick is greeted with his usual chorus of boos and cheers, which I think is a mark of a real popular ball player and a real good ball player. Fans usually don't take the time to boo or cheer the mediocre ball players unless they make a great play. Cassell's pitch to Mickey is high ball one. Mantle is batting 285. He has 22 doubles, four triples, 26 homers, and 67 runs batted in. 
Mantle batting left-handed against Jerry Cassell. Pitch is swung at a missed strike one, one, one. On deck, Yogi Berra. dugout is just in back of third base and the Red Sox in back of first base. Just a real cozy ballpark. The seats are right up on the playing field. Here's the pitch. It's over strike two call. Cassell with a big motion that time. Took something off his fastball. And Mickey, you watched it just dance over the plate. One ball, two strikes. Two out, nobody on. No score here in the top of the first. Have lightness plus true lager flavor. 
and Mr. Valentine's got them both. So enjoy the crisp refresher first chance you get. Out on the mound for the Yankees today, Duke Moss. Moss has won 12 and lost 6 on the year, and against the Red Sox, he has 3 wins and 1 defeat. And his lifetime record against Boston, 11 wins, 10 defeats. Lifetime record in the big league, 38 wins and 41 defeats. The announcement just came over the public address system to us here in the radio and television booth that Ted Williams has been feeling very poorly and came out to the park today but was sent back to his hotel room. He did not accompany the Red Sox on their last swing through the west or the east, but we supposed to have had a conference with Tom Yorkie, owner of the Red Sox, as to his future plans with the Red Sox, but because of his illness, it didn't materialize, so we thought they might have some news on Ted's future plans, but as of now, we do not have any. Elijah Pumpsy Green, switch hitting second baseman, takes the pitch high, ball one. Green's batting 256. He slipped quite a bit since the Yankees were in town. He was over the 300 mark last time we were here. He has three doubles, two triples, and five runs batted in. Six feet tall, 175 pounds, born October 27, 1934, in Oakland, California. Fouls the next pitch off Bill McKinley's mask. One-on-one to count. Last time we were in town, Green injured his right thumb, making a tag at second base. And to put him out of action for a little while, that could be the cause of his slump, because any time your thumb is injured, you have trouble gripping the bat. You can get away with other fingers, but not the thumb. Curve is low, ball two, two and one. Billy Jurgis, the skipper of the Red Sox, coaching at third, and Del Baker down at first. Rudy York, the batting coach, sitting on the steps of the Red Sox dugout. There's a fastball that's high outside, ball three, three and one. No score here in the bottom of the first. On deck, Gary Geiger. is down the middle, strike two call. Three and two the count. We know that Billy Jurgis is the only manager in the American League to manage on the base pass. In the National League, Sally Hemis gets out there. The ball is popped into left center field. Going way back, Mantle chasing it, and can't get it, it's off his glove, he kicks it off the wall, Green around first, around second, and holds on with a long double to deep left center field. Mantle got his glove on the ball, couldn't hold on to it, and as it caromed off the wall, he kicked it. Green thought he had a chance for three, but Mantle's throw coming in convinced him to stop, and he turned back with a double. A double to left center field. For Green, his fourth double of the year. It was well hit, and with the wind blowing out, the ball carried 
Lopez didn't have a chance for it. Mantle playing a little bit over in right center. Had to go a long ways for it. Just got the fingers of his glove on the ball. Couldn't hold on to it. Here's Gary Geiger, the center fielder. Geiger's batting 257. Has 10 doubles, 4 triples, 10 homers, and 44 runs batted in. Gil McDougal moves way in at third base. Geiger, a left-hand hitter. Pitch is low outside, ball one. Gary Merle Geiger. Born in Sand Ridge, Illinois. 6'1", 164 pounds. He came to the Red Sox along with first baseman Vic Wirtz from Cleveland in a deal for Jimmy Pearsall. That was back in 1958. Green leading off second base. The stretch by Moss. And the pitch is outside, ball two, two and nothing. Casey Stengel said Gary Geiger was a sleeper in that deal and not Vic Wirtz, on whom the Red Sox had counted for much of their power. Vic not had too good a year physically. He's batting 263 with just 10 doubles and 7 homers, 45 runs batting. That's not a typical Vic Wirtz year. You can never count on the injuries. All right, here's a stretch. The 2 nothing pitch is right down the middle. Strike one call. On deck, Pete Reynolds. Interesting note on Geiger. He was a pitcher from 1954 through 1958. Had one year where he won 20 and lost only seven pitching 26 complete games there's a curve line foul almost gets del baker the first base coach see that del can still move around he goes through a few antics down at first base looks like he was jitterbugging there for a minute two and two the count on geiger so how about that geiger won 20 ball games for 26 complete games out of the 28 games that he started that's quite a record Here's the stretch. Pitch is hit deep to left field. Lopez going back near the wall. And makes a beautiful leaping one-hand catch against the scoreboard in left center field. Green, who was all the way to third, has to scamper back. <laughs> We're getting some mighty fine plays here right in the first inning. Gene Stevens came up with one. Off Hank Bauer, who led off the ball game. Mantle almost came up with one off Pumpsy Green. Dying for his two-string catch on Green's double. And then Hector Lopez made one as he went back as far as he could and leaped as high as he could and caught the ball just before it hit the scoreboard. One out. Green remains at second base. Here's Pete Reynolds. Pete's batting 317. Has 32 doubles, four triples, six homers, and 46 runs batted in. James Edward Runnels, nicknamed Pete. The pitch to Runnels is a curve hit deep to left field again. Lopez going back in front of the scoreboard this time. Makes the catch, not hit quite as deep as the one by Gary Geiger. And the left-hand hitters are shooting the left field. The first three hitters were left-handed, as is the fourth hitter, Gene Stevens. But the first three hit to the opposite field. Green to left center and Geiger and Runnels to left. Not getting around on the ball. 
But of course, with the short left field wall here in Boston, it's just 315 feet down the line, and it moves almost straight across. But in right field, it's really deep. 380. Two outs. Green at second. No score. The curve to Stevens is low. Ball one. Stevens batting 264. Ten doubles, one triple, three homers, 31 runs batted in. Glenn Eugene Stevens, 6'3", 185 pounds. Pumpsy Green still at second base. On deck, Jackie Jensen. Slow curve is hit on the ground at second base. Richardson coming in fast. Up with a throw to first. In time for the out. A nice play by Bobby Richardson on a slow ground ball. For Boston in the bottom of the first. No runs on one base hit. No Yankee errors and one man left. And the score at the end of one full inning. The Yankees nothing and the Red Sox nothing. Take a look at the scoreboard. It's a mighty important one for both leagues today. In the American League... Three doubleheaders. This is the only single game in the American League. Washington is at Baltimore for a doubleheader. In the first game, Washington failed to score in the top of the first. Kemmerer pitching against Odell. Kansas City is at Chicago for two games. And Detroit at Cleveland for two. And in the first game, Detroit has just come up with four runs in the top of the second and lead Cleveland 5-2 to two, with Cleveland batting in the bottom of the second. Foytak for the Tigers. Garcia started. McLeish in the second and Perry in the second. Rocky Colavito hit his 40th home of the year in the first inning with a man on for the Cleveland Indians. That gives Rocky the league lead in the American League tied with Ernie Banks who has 40 now in the National League. And in the National League... Chicago at Los Angeles playing tonight. St. Louis at San Francisco will start later on. Pittsburgh and Milwaukee and Philadelphia at Cincinnati all starting later on. For the Yankees, coming to bat here, leading off in the top of the second inning, Yogi Berra. Yogi batting 283 has had 24 doubles, one triple, 19 homers, and 65 runs batted in. And the mention of the 19 homers reminds us that on September the 19th, it'll be Yogi Berra Day at Yankee Stadium against these same Red Sox. Cassell's pitch for Yogi is in there, strike one called. Kansas City-Chicago game. The batteries have just come in. Garver for Kansas City and Billy Pierce for the White Sox. Pitch to Yogi is in the dirt. Ball one, one, one. Yogi Berra. Ready. The pitch is lying to right center field. A base hit for Yogi. Jensen going over. Backhands the ball. Nice play. Yogi around first. Starts for second and comes back. A beautiful defensive play by Jackie Jensen. Holds Yogi to a long single. And listen to that crowd. Jensen running as hard as he could. To his right. Backhanded a ground ball. A beautiful play. And held Yogi to a long single. That's the first hit for the Yankees. 
Jackie Jensen, who was the most valuable player in the American League last year. Brings up Elston Howard. Howard batting 278. The pitch to Elston is strike one. He swings and misses. Runnels holding first against Yogi. Elston has 22 doubles, four triples, 17 homers, and 68 runs batted in. Is a ground ball, a shortstop, button to Green for one, back to first, double play. Beautifully executed by the young Keystone combination of John Button and Pumpsy Green. That's another plus in the favor of Pumpsy Green. He can make that double play. Here's Hector Lopez with two outs, nobody on in the top of the second, no score in the ball game. Lopez batting 284. Hector has 24 doubles, five triples, 20 homers, and 82 runs batted in. The failed pitch is high ball one. Misses outside. Ball two, two or nothing. Big big crowd here today at Fenway Park. It's really a pretty park to watch the game from. There's not a bad seat in the house. Here's the pitch. It's low. Ball three, three or nothing. Patel with his hands on his hips. Figure that one was just high enough to have been called a strike. Bill McKinley, the plate umpire, didn't think so. And his decision is what counts. On deck for the Yankees, Gil McDougal. Three nothing pitch is high ball four. And again, Cassell puts his hands on his hips. Thought that one was in there. There's the first base on balls given up in the ball game. Says it first in the batter, Gil McDougal. Gil batting 236. Has 15 doubles, six triples, four homers, 26 runs batted in. Ronald's holding first against Hector Lopez. Two out. Nobody has scored in the ball game as yet. season back of third juts out at a sharp angle so that sometimes base hits that just go over third base carry off that wall and the shortstop has to be on the alert to go out and field the ball it kicks out towards left field but closer to the shortstop if he doesn't hustle out the batter could get a double here's the pitch hits the deep left center field going back is the center fielder it's off the wall Lopez will score McDougal is around second base, digging for third. Jensen's throw coming in a third. And Gill is in with a standoff triple. Deep off the left center field wall. Gary Geiger thought he had a shot for the ball. Went right to the wall. But then saw it was too high. And before he could back up, it had bounded over his head. Now Hector scored easily on McDougal's triple. And the Yankees lead. One to nothing. For Gil McDougal, his seventh triple of the year. 
27th run batted in. It brings up Bobby Richardson with two outs. And McDougal is third. Bobby, who has been dropped down in the batting order, has been leading off for quite some time, batting 279. 13 doubles, five triples, one home, and 24 runs batted in. Here's the pitch that swung at a missed strike one. by Cassell. Pitch is low. Ball one, one, one. So the base on balls again proves disastrous. This time is Jerry Cassell. With two out, he walked Lopez and then McDougal triples. Here's the one, one delivery. A foul. Come up here. I thought I had a shot. Mel thought he had a shot, but neither one could reach it. going back and makes the running catch just in front of the wall. After he catches the ball, he brushes into the wall. Good wood on that ball by Richardson, but not quite high enough. For the Yankees, in the top of the second, one run on two base hits. No Red Sox errors and one man left to score at the end of an inning and a half. The Yankees won and the Red Sox nothing. Before we start the bottom of the second, let's pause for station identification. Quality Modern Radio, WOKO First in Albany, New York. Remember, Yankee Baseball is brought to you by Valentine Beer and Ale and Atlantic Refining Company. And Troy Buick follows the game. Jensen, batting 275, will lead off for the Red Sox. Jackie has 25 doubles, 27 homers, and 98 runs batted in. The pitch to Jackie is outside ball one. Duke Moss on the mound for the Yankees. And Jensen was tied with Rocky Calavito and Harmon Killebrew for RBIs, but Rocky has hit a homer with a man on, gives him an even hundred. The curve is low outside. Two and nothing. Here's a two nothing pitch, and there's a drive to deep left center field, way back there, and up off the screen. It's a home run. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, that ball. Did it hit off the screen or hit off that? It hit the top of the wall. To me, it looked like a home run, but Eddie Rommel, the center field umpire, center field, the second base umpire who ran out the center field, said it got that hit above the screen. Well, to me, it looked like the ball hit above the screen on one of those uh, poles hanging down, Joe. But Eddie Rommel says, no, all the Red Sox players in the bullpen and the ground crew are waving that it was a home run. That's why from back here, we're best off not umpiring. An optical illusion. Or as Dizzy Dean would say, an optical delusion. But anyway, it's a double for Jensen. 
Man, was that close to being a homer. Second hit off Duke Moss. Both in doubles, one by Punchy Green. Here's Frank Malzone. Malzone batting 278. Takes the pitch over strike one call. Frank has 30 doubles, one triple, 18 homers, and 87 runs batted in. Excitement of deciding whether that were a home run or not. Got to mention that Mantle feel of that ball perfectly off the wall, caught it in the throat a second, almost got Jensen sliding in. But we were so anxious to see what the second base umpire Eddie Rama would call it that we forgot to mention that fact. If you can play the Karens off this left field wall, you can throw out a lot of base runners. One on one to count on Mal Jones. The pitch is low ball two, two and one. The Yankees won and the Red Sox nothing here in the bottom of the second. Mal Jones, another New York boy, born in the Bronx, 5'10", 180 pounds, now lives in Oneonta, New York. Jensen leading off second. A stretch by Mark. The curve is high outside. Ball three. Three and one. On deck is Sammy White. out of play. And it's a full count on Malzone. Three and two. Frank has been the American League All-Star third baseman the last three years in a row. Stretch by Moss. The curve is hit on the ground in the hole. Backhand knocked down by Kubek with no chance for a play. It'll go as a base hit. He had backhanded the ball and the ball popped out of his glove. It goes as an infield single, but Jensen remained on second base. If Kubek had come up with the ball, he could have thrown Jackie out easily had Jackie decided to run. Out on the mound now, Richardson and Barrett talking with Duke Moss. With runners at first and second and no one out. Here's Sammy White enjoying his best year at the plate since he's been in the big league. He's batting 298. 12 doubles, 4 triples, 1 homer, and 38 runs batted in. Ninety-five pounds, born in Wenatchee, Washington, now lives in Sarasota, Florida. Big right-hand hitter. Here's the stretch. The pitch is inside ball one. Almost hit him. 
Yankees won, Red Sox nothing. We're in the bottom of the second, but the Red Sox are threatening with runners at first and second and no one out. Here's the stretch. Pitch is hit to right field, a base hit. Bauer is up with the ball. Here's Jensen around third. He'll score as Bauer's throw comes into third base and the ball game tied up. Sammy White punched that ball to right field, and that's something Sammy could never do his first few years in the big league. He pulled everything, and as a result, was easy to play. But now that he's able to punch that ball to right field, you cannot play him as a pull hitter any longer, and he becomes a tougher batter and a tougher man to get out of there. Malzone held at second base. Jensen scored. The score's tied 1-1 for Sammy White, his 40th run batted in. For Jensen, his 92nd run scored on the year. Here's Don Budden, the shortstop, with runners at first and second. And no one out. Budden is hitting 225. Has 20 doubles, one triple, eight homers, and 45 runs batted in. Humpty Green on deck. Jerry Casale due to be the next batter. Yankee infield not looking for the sacrifice. Casale's a good hitter. They might punt. Here's the pitch. He swoops, takes it inside. Ball one. Start of the swing. Now Budden looks down at Billy Jurgis coaching at third. Red Sox fans start applauding. They want to rally. A lot of interest in this Red Sox team. A lot of good young ball players, and they're thinking of the future. Here's the stretch. The pitch is low ball two, two or nothing. Shirley is up in the Yankee bullpen. As Duke Moss is in a jam with the score side 1-1 here in the bottom of the second. No one out and runners at first and second. Here's the stretch. Curve is in there. Strike one call. Shakes his head a little bit and walks out of the batter's box, picks up some dirt and throws it down on the ground. The crowd kind of agreeing with Button that they thought the pitch was low. But as we said before, when we thought Jensen's drive was a homer and the umpire didn't, this is no place to be umpiring from. You've got to be right on the play to call it. And even then, it's tough. Don Budden, 5'11", 178 pounds. Born in Tabriville, South Carolina. Here's a stretch. Runners lead off first and second. Ball hit deep to center field. Way back. Mantle going back, and it's in the center field. Places for a home run for Don Budden. his ninth home run of the year, RBI's number 46, 47, and 48, in straightaway center field, over 420 feet away. A three-run homer for young Don Button puts the Red Sox in the lead now, four to one. 
Well, I tell you, that ball was hit. As we told you, the wind is blowing out, but the wind actually didn't help that ball too much. It was a line drive, now, mind you, not a high fly. Mickey went back to the center field wall, and he turned around and almost couldn't believe what he saw. Ball sailing into the seat. And it looks like that's all for Duke Moss. After Moss had gotten the Red Sox out in the bottom of the first, giving up a double of green, retiring the next three men, he did not retire a man here in the second inning. So he has pitched just one inning in which he's given up five hits, didn't walk anybody or strike out anybody, and has allowed four runs. So Duke will be out of there, and Bob Curley is coming on in. the way things happen, I'll tell you. Jensen hit one high off the left center field wall. Malzone beat out an infield single. White single to right and Budden home into dead center field. So the Yankees are trailing 4-1 to here in the bottom of the second inning. Bob fairly ready. His first pitch is high outside ball one. Batting 256. 
captain of the crowd buzzing. Curve is low, ball one, one of mine. His 1-1 one, one pitch is fouled at the plate. Strike two, one ball and two strikes. Three pretty good shots for home runs. Borden hit his in the center field bleachers. Could sail right on out of the ballpark over both fences in left field. And Punchy Green in the bullpen in deep right center field. Here's the one ball, two strike pitch. Low curve is low. Ball two, two, and two. Barely takes a deep breath out on the mound. Here's his two-two delivery. It's popped in the air to the left side. Tony Kubek, the shortstop, getting under it. And makes the catch. For the first out of the inning. Geiger pops to Kubek. Brings up Pete Runnels, who fly to left field in the first inning. Runnels batting 316. Curve is in the dirt, ball one. On deck, Gene Stevens. Curve is low, ball two, two, nothing. strikes on Pistol Pete Reynolds. One out and six runs in. Pitches hit on the ground at second base. Bobby Richardson up with it over to Howard and it's two away. And here comes the ninth man to bat in this inning, Gene Stevens, who in the first inning bounced to second base. Stevens is batting 263. Pitch is way inside ball one. On deck, Jackie Jensen, who started off this inning. Shirley's next pitch curve is low ball two, two or nothing. Nothing delivery. Swing in the line, drive the right field. That's in there for a base hit and extra bases. Stevens around first, digging for second. Bauer up with the ball. And Stevens is on at second with a long double in the right field corner. And that's 
Hit number three off Curley. There have been two homers and a double, and here's Jensen who led off the inning with a tremendous double, a deep left setup. Jensen now batting 277. That was his 26th double of the year. Two out and a runner at second. Six runs in the Red Sox are leading six to one. runs in one inning by one club is four. Here's the pitch to Jensen. The curve is in there. Strike one call. So if Jackie hits one here, he can tie the record. Boston, Detroit, Boston, and Boston. Boston did it three times. Here's a stretch by Charlie. Side on fastball is foul back strike two. Nothing in two to count. In the National League, there were five home runs hit in one inning. The Giants and the Phillies did it. The American League record is four. stretches. Curve is hit high in the air to straightaway center field. Mantle's got room for this one as he moves back under it and makes the catch even though that ball was hit real well. And so for the Red Sox in the bottom of the second inning they come up with six runs. Seven base hits. No Yankee errors. One man left on base and the score at the end of two full innings. Boston six. And the Yankees won. Hello there, everybody. First half of the third inning. The Red Sox leading six to one for New York. Andy Carey is going to pinch it for Bob Turley. Eli Gerber warming up in the bullpen. Jerry Casale for the five run lead. The Red Sox right hander all set to pitch to pinch hitter Andy Carey. The delivery. Swung on, there's a high fly ball down the left field line. It may, let's see, it is in there for a home run up into the screen for Andy Carey. Pinch hit homer, just made the screen. Andy getting his third homer, ninth run batted in, and it's 6-2. to two. ball is hit high down the line. You had to wait to see whether it was going to go foul or not. And it hooked right into the screen. Sammy White out talking to Jerry Casale for a moment. All three of uh, Andy's homers have been against Boston. Two of them up here. 
Bauer batting 229, five to left in the first inning. Casale delivers. Bauer swings and sends a liner over short into left field for a base hit. Budden leaped but couldn't get it. We had to wait for him. Bauer singles to left. And now Tony Kubek comes up. Hitting 292, he flied to left field in the first inning. Bullpen gets the nod from the dugout. Mike Fornelis gets up to throw. Casale checks Bauer. The pitch to Kubek swung on as a fly ball in the right center. Geiger goes over, gets under it, makes the catch. That ball is hit pretty deeply. Right at the edge of the bullpen. One away, and here comes Mantle, who hits is hitting 284, struck out in the first inning. Yogi Berra on deck. Casale gets the sign from White. Into the stretch, Bauer the lead, the pitch to Mantle. Swung on, hit up into the air in the left field, and that ball is up against the screen for a home run for Mickey Mantle. It signaled a home run by Larry Knapp. It hit the tower in the screen or the uh, guide post in the screen in left field. Mantle collecting his 27th homer and 69 runs batted in. And it's now 6-4. to four. The uh, support that holds the screen up above the fence. The ball hit that and rebounded to the playing field, and Larry Nath immediately signaled homer. Man, five home runs here in the last uh, inning and a third, or, or counting the bottom of the third and the top, the bottom of the second and top of the third in the last uh, four outs, I uh, would say. Yogi Berra hitting 284. The delivery is in there for a strike. Berra single to right center in the second inning. Mickey Homer off to sail on August 16th. Pitch to Yogi. Yogi hits a high fly to right, not deep. Jensen's under it and makes the catch. Two down, and here's Elston Howard, grounded to short into a double play. Six to four, Boston. It's the first of the third. Jerry Casale to the wind-up, then comes the pitch to Howard. Outside, ball one. One ball, no strike. In comes the next pitch. Swung on, looped over first down the right field line for a base hit. The ball twists toward the line. Howard rounds first, heads for second, and goes in with a stand-up double. I'm getting a collection of extra base hits around here today. Hector Lopez coming up. Drew a walk in the second inning. 
Yankees have had six hits. Four of them for extra bases. The Red Sox have had eight hits. Six of them for extra bases. Lopez batting 284. Two men out. Casale delivers. Inside. It nicked him. It nicked him on the arm. And he's aboard. Nicked him on the shirt somewhere. He was trying to get back. Pitches inside. Didn't hurt him. It just nicked him wherever it was. second, Lopez on first with two outs in the third inning, three runs in, Red Sox leading six to four. Casale ready, pitch to Gill, swung on and missed, strike one. Frank Malzone at bat. White and Button to follow. 
Malzone hitting 279. The pitch in there, strike one. Frank grounded a single to short in the second inning. Gerber to the windup again, and the pitch swung on, bounced over the head of the pitcher, out over second in the center for a base hit. Malzone holds up after the turn as Mantle feels the ball, relays it back into Bobby. Malzone opens the third with a single to center, and here's Sammy White hitting 300. Having a good year, single to right in the second inning. Malzone, pitch to White, in there, strike one. White has never hit 300 with the Red Sox. It's 282 and 281 on two occasions. Lifetime average of 261 going into the year. So, of course, this is by far his best season at bat. A seasoned performer, too. Throw over to first, Malzone's back. Bell Baker hollering, come here. A six to four, Boston, third inning, nobody out. The pitch, low outside, a 1-1 one, one count. It's in there for a strike. One and two. One ball, two strikes. Gerber studies Yogi Sang. Into the stretch. Miles only leads away from first. Here's the pitch. Sammy White swings and sends the bouncer out back in second. Two back over to Richardson for one. Throw to first. Too late. Fourth out at second. Two back to Richardson. The ball was not hit too hard. Had it been hit a little harder than a base fifth. Two back had time to go back to the bag and flip to Bobby, whose relay to first was not nearly in time. Now Don Budden steps in. Lined a home run into the bleachers straightaway center. Was two on last inning. Batting 226. 6 4, Boston, third inning. Gerber delivers to Button. Outside and low, ball one. not yet going into pitching position, saying it's time the rubber, and he saw White looking in to try to get the sign and threw quickly over. Now we're ready. The pitch to Button swung on. Little roller hit toward third. McDougal after her. He grabs it, fires on to first, and gets him. Moving on to second is Sammy White. Howard throws on down to Richardson, but White didn't make the turn. 
Now here's Jerry Casale who hit a homer in the second inning. Batting 188. Casale hit one a mile high as the expression goes and over the screen. I did a little sightseeing this morning. Did you too, Joe? Yeah, we ran over by Harvard University. I, I've been over there to do uh, broadcast football games and visited the campus. Here's the pitch. Swung on, a little roller, hit slowly. McDougal one-hands it, flips on the first in time. And the side's retired. One hit, no errors, one left on. A friend of ours here, young Peter Waltz, whose grandfather used to be connected to baseball with the Washington Senators as a co-owner, who the uh, Bunker Hill. So, uh, place where Paul Revere got the signal. This is the North Church, the tower. Samuel Adams, uh... What do we see with Samuel Adams? The place where... Where he's buried, that's right. And uh, mother and father of Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. Is that right? A lot of things, boy. The Boston Common. Very, very wonderful city. Got things that are old and things that are new. And things that have been in great tradition. By the way, that reminds me, you know, they've been brewing Valentine's since about 1839. That's a long time, man. And they know how to do that. Crisp kind of light with true lager flavor. Valentine beer, the crisp perfection. Baltimore 3, Washington, nothing under four and a half innings. Kansas City, Chicago. Scoreless end of two and a half. Tigers 12, Indians 4, end of four and a half. Tigers beat the stadium next Friday and Saturday afternoon. Milwaukee 3, Pittsburgh 1, end of two and a half. Philadelphia 2, Cincinnati nothing, end of three. And the only other game underway at the moment. Yankees are home Wednesday night with Kansas City. And Thursday afternoon. Tigers Friday and Saturday afternoons. The Indians next Sunday. Doubleheader. Makeup game next Monday. 
from the White Sox, Tuesday and Wednesday, 15th and 16th. Bobby Richardson leading off. It's the first pitch over third in the left field corner. Stevens cuts the ball off neatly, and Bobby is held to a single. Bobby Richardson in the fourth inning leads off with a line single into the left field corner. Bobby was hitting 279. Eli Gerber coming up. Cornelis loosening up. 
Here's the pitch. Swung off a fly ball in the short center. Gary Geiger just in under it and makes the catch. Two down. And Tony Kubek comes to bat. Hitting 292, he flied to left and flied to center. in the last and the third to lead Kansas City 2 to nothing end of three. Tito Francona just blasted the three-run homer to make it 12-7 with Indians still batting in the fifth. Here's the pitch to Kubek. He swings and hits the drive in the right center. Geiger digs for it, still going, and he one-hands it short of the wall. The side is retired. No runs, one hit, no errors, and one left on. A great play by a game guy. And listen to the hand. Pumpsy Green doubled to the left and hit a homer. And for those of you who might have just joined us, the Red Sox hit three consecutive homers in the second inning to tie a major league record for most consecutive homers in an inning. Most total homers in an inning, though, is five. The pitch swung on and missed strike one. Red Sox leading six to four, last of the fourth. Gerber's delivery. A little bit low in the count. One and one. Marty Keogh is out on deck, gonna hit for Geiger. The pitch to Green swung on as a fly ball in the left. Lopez getting back. And makes the catch. So Marty Keogh now is coming up to hit for Geiger and most likely will replace him in center field. And we'll try to give you some word of the injury to Geiger, although he walked off the field. Keogh, a left-hand hitter. Batting 241. Red Sox six, Yankees four. Last of the fourth. Eli Gerber, third Yankee pitcher. Into the windup, the delivery. Curveball inside, ball one. Woody Held just hit a home run in the fifth inning. Swung on and fouled off out of play. One and one. 
Well, the Indians are tearing it up out there in Cleveland. They were behind 12 to 4 as they went to bat in the last of the fifth. And they've scored four runs that we know of. The pitch to Keogh. High, and the count is 2 and 1. delivery. Swung on, fouled off out of play. Up onto the roof. A 2-2 count. Baltimore leading Washington. 3 to nothing into five and a half innings. White Sox leading Kansas City. 2 to nothing into three and a half. Two strikes on Marty Keogh. Eli Gerber to the windup. Here's the pitch. Keogh takes strike three call. Curveball caught him looking. Now Pete Ronald slides to left and grounded to second. Hitting 315. Braves four, Pirates one, end of uh, three innings. Philadelphia two, Cincinnati nothing, end of four and a half innings. Pitches to Ronald, swings and hits the drive down the left field line, and it is going foul. Strike one. Stevens, who grounded to second and doubled to right, hitting 266. Cleveland came back with five runs in the fifth inning. And so they're back in the ball game. Detroit, 12, Cleveland, 9, 10 to 5 innings. Morgan relieved Poitak in the fifth. For Cleveland's been Garcia, McLeish, Perry, Seacott, and Score. Home runs, Calavita, one on, Francona, two on, and Hells. Pitch to Stevens is high. Bowling, homer for Detroit. Berberette is two on. That'd be a great one for the Indians to pull out if they pull it out. Behind 12-4 is 12-9. And the pitch. Swung on. There's a drive out to right. Bauer coming on and makes the catch. To retire the side. No runs, one hit, no errors. One left on. Down to four innings of play. Boston six, the Yankees four. Get your ice cold Valentine beer and enjoy the crisp kind of life with true lager flavor. And now we're on the go again as this is Bob Delaney with the rest of the ball game brought to you by the Atlantic Refining Company and your neighborhood Atlantic dealer, the folks who keep your car on the go. Places and do things. What a pleasure you're driving. 
see some folks from Trenton come to Yogi Berra Day all over Jersey. Howard hits the pop-up. Stewart first. Runnels comes in. Now White. White calls for it and makes the catch in fairground. Sides retired. No runs, no hits, no errors. No one left on. At the end of four and a half innings, the Red Sox six, the Yankees four. And into the bottom half of inning number five at Fenway Park in Boston, where the Red Sox lead the Yankees six to four. In this, the final game between these two ball clubs in Boston. We're getting a report on Gary Geiger, who uh, injured himself. suffered a slight concussion on the left side of the head and is being taken to the hospital for x-rays. However, it's not believed the injury is serious at all. He was able to walk off the field under his own power. So that's a favorable report, but for precautionary purposes, he's being taken to the hospital for x-rays to make sure that there is no possible fracture. Jackie Jensen leads off in the last half of the fifth. He is one for two. 276. The Red Sox score all six runs that they have in the second inning. Eli Gerber to the windup to pitch to Jackie. Low outside, ball one. Second. 
Bobby Richardson under it and makes the catch. Throw back to first base. Jensen was slowly retreating. He's back. Sammy Charles White. Single to right and grounded to short. Hitting 299. Enjoying his best year as a hitter with the Red Sox. Always been one of the standout catchers, receivers in the league. And hitting the ball with great regularity. The pitch, fastball high, ball one. to Kubek. He bobbles it. Flips to Richardson. Back to first and he still gets the double play. White takes his helmet off and just flips it up into the air. Kubek bobbled the ball about three or four times and still they completed the double play. So I'll tell you this though, the ball was sharply hit. Had nothing to do with Sammy's not hustling. The ball was sharply hit. He had time to play tag with it a while and still come up with it. Jerry Gasale out taking his warm-up pitches as we move now into the top of the sixth inning. Bill Rizzuto moving now over to the radio side. As Bill Rizzuto moves into our microphone. back on radio as we get ready to go in the top of the sixth inning. Hector Lopez, who walked and was hit by a pitch ball, takes the pitch over strike one call. Lopez batting 284. Jerry Casale ready. The ball is hit to left field. Gene Stevens right there. He got it off the end of his bat and makes the catch. Didn't quite get the good wood on the ball. One away, and here's Gil McDougal. Gil tripled a deep left center field and then bounced into a fourth play. Batting 237. Castell had a rocky second and third inning, but Billy Jurgis stuck with him, and now the youngster has settled down. Hits to McDougal is low ball one. He tied the last seven Yankees in a row. Pitch is a change in there, strike one, one on one. And he's been relying on the changeup and sinker since the third inning. When the Yankees had two homers. A double and a single to score three runs. They had scored one in the second inning. Here's the 1-1 pitch. It's low outside. Ball 2-2-1. Two, two and 
one pitch. Hill takes it low outside. Ball three, three and one. Terry's got his hands on his hips again. Those pitches have been moaning a little bit on called strikes and balls. It's over. Strike two. Full count on McDougal. Ready now for the payoff pitch. Here it is. A ground ball right back to the box. On one hop. Gasells to Reynolds in time for the out. And it looked like Jerry was having a little trouble with the sun that time. Ball hit off home plate high in the air. He had a weightless kind of got out of the sun. Still had plenty of time to get McDougal. That's two away. Here's Bobby Richardson, who lined the center and single left, has stolen the base today. Bobby batting 281. Two out, nobody on. Red Sox six, Yankees four. The pitch is low, ball one. Line to left center field. Digging over Steve Stevens. He can't get it. It's off the wall. Keo up with it. His throw in his second base. Richardson slides and he's in there with a double. Boy, Bobby's hit that ball hard today. Line of the center, a line of the left, and a line of the left center. That's hit number eight off Cassell. And for Bobby Richardson, his 14th double of the year. Eli Gerber is coming up to bat for himself. They're not using a pinch hitter. Gerber represents the tying run at the plate. Andy Carey, who pinch hit for Bob Curley homered in the third inning. Gerber in his one time at bat struck out. Batting 230. second with two men out here in the top of the sixth and the Red Sox leading six to four. Gerber's got pretty good power when he connects. The pitch is swung at a missed strike one. That's that change up little screwball again. on Gerber. Richardson leads off second base. The tail's pitch is low outside. Ball one, one, one. Gene Stevens, Marty Keough, and Jackie Jensen in the outfield. And Jensen is very shallow in right field. Richardson really have a job scoring on a single right. The pitch is swung at a missed strike two. That's that low breaking ball again. On deck, Hank Bauer. (laughs) 
One ball, two strikes, and two outs. Here's a stretch. The pitch is a ground ball. Hit the second base. Pumpsy Green back up with a big hop. Over to Runnels in time for the out. And Cassell gets out of that one for the Yankees in the top of the sixth. No runs, one hit, no Red Sox errors. One man left. The score at the end of five and a half innings. The Red Sox six and the Yankees four. Six four, the Red Sox lead. The Red Sox scoring all their runs in the second inning, routing starting pitcher Duke Moss and following up on Bob Curley. Eli Gerber has been on since then and has pitched very effectively. The Yankees have picked up four runs, but uh, Casale likewise seems to have settled down after a rather rough start. Don Budden leads off. He had a home run in the center field seat his first time up. Dust off home plate, and Don Button moves into the batter's box. Button, the right-handed batter, as Eli Gerba looks in to pick up the sign from catcher Yogi Berra. Button heading at 228. Wind up and the pitch. Inside, ball one. Perfect day for baseball. Perfect day for the beach, too. Look at this. The Indians have tied up the score. They've come up with three more runs in the sixth inning, and the score is tied 12-12. Man, what a comeback that is for Joe Gordon and his Indians, who were behind 12-4 at one time. Here's the pitch. Brown ball hit the second base. Richardson up with the ball on the big hop. Throws to Howard in the dirt. Howard scoops it out for the first out. And with one away, as Jerry Castell comes to the play, we'll pause for station identification. WOK on Albany, New York. Yankee baseball brought to you by Valentine Beer and Ale and Atlantic Refining Company. Remember Jim Rayner and Troy Buick Ronda follows the game today. Castell, who hit that tremendous home run in the second inning right on out of Fenway Park over both fences. Then bounced the third base is batting 184. Has three homers on the year. Right-hand hitter who really takes a ripple of the ball. Kerbis pitch is in there, strike one call. One strike pitches a curve in the dirt ball one one on on deck Pumpsy Green. One pitch. It's foul tip. Man, what a cut he had at that one. Foul tip it off Yogi's chest protector. One ball, two strikes. 
Pretty, he goes for broke when he swings. All or nothing. He has nine base hits on the year, three homers and two doubles. One ball, two strikes to count. Sidearm curve is strike three. Try to check his swing, but one around. So Gerber gets his second strikeout. And it brings up Humpty Green, who doubled and homered and then fly to left field. Green batting 266. Fine-looking young ball player. Switch hitter. Batting left-handed against Eli Gerber. Two men are out with nobody on, and Boston leading 6-4 here in the bottom of the sixth. Low curve is over, strike one call. Howard is in at first, and McDougal is in at third. Here's the windup. The pitch is low inside, ball 1-1 one, one among. Jack Marty Teal. Curve is a little bit high, ball two. Two and one to count. One pitch to Green is a ground foul at the plate. Bounces up and hits Punky in the leg. Two and two to count. You know, the Indians are getting mighty close to tying a record. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They have their seventh pitcher, pitcher in there now, Gary Bell. And the record for most pitches in a game for one club, nine in the American League, St. Louis, against the White Sox, October the 2nd, 1949. The National League has eight. Quite a few clubs hold that record. And the most pitches in a game by both clubs, 12 in the American League. There's a foul back on the screen. Count holds it two and two. Tigers have used three pitches so far, so that's a total of 10. So they're mighty close to a couple of records out there that the pitchers will not be proud of. That's for sure. Two on Pumpsy Green, two out and no one on. Boston leading 6-4. Look at all those birds flying across the field all at once. The pitch, slow curve, swung at it, missed strike three. I think those birds bothered Pumpsy. About 30 of them flew right across the infield. For the Red Sox in the bottom of the sixth. No runs, no hits, no Yankee errors, and nobody left. And the score at the end of six full innings, the Red Sox six and the Yankees four.
Cougars 5-1. to one. In the fifth inning of the first game of two games there, the other time contenders in the National League, San Francisco and Los Angeles, will be playing later, although San Francisco will be getting underway in about 20 minutes. The Dodgers play tonight. Hank Bauer leading off as we move into the seventh inning. Jerry Casale doing the pitching for the Boston Red Sox. Hank batting 231. Takes a pitch low ball one. Red Sox six, Yankees four. Bauer swings and fouls it to the right of home plate. Sammy White is coming back, chasing it to the screen and makes the catch just about a foot in front of the screen and back of the plate. Sammy White stayed with that ball. Remember, the wind is blowing out and normally that ball would have landed on the screen, but the wind blew it back onto the playing field. White made the catch, one away. Here's Tony Kubek. Tony has hit the ball hard all day, but hasn't had a base hit. Fly to left and center twice. And on his last line drive to deep right center, Gary Geiger made that sensational catch which put him out of the ball game. Right after he caught it, he crashed into the fence in front of the Red Sox bullpen and was taken out of the game. I don't know how he held on to the ball, but he did. Kubek batting 291. Casale's first pitches a curve in there, strike one call. Mickey Mantles. Sales next pitch is a change up a little bit. High ball, 1-1-1. One, one, one. Mike Cornelius is up again in the Red Sox bullpen. He was up quite a bit in the early innings when Cassell was in trouble. There's a drive to deep right center again. And this time they can't get it and it bounces into the Red Sox bullpen for a double. And that was almost in the exact spot that Kubek hit the last one on which Geiger made that sensational catch. Which makes Geiger's catch even more sensational. Because this one dropped in for a double. Hit number nine. Tony has hit the ball hard four times and been able to get just one base hit. It'll bring up Mickey Mantle, who was called out on strike twice, and homered to the opposite field, high up on the light tower in left field. Mickey batting 285. Red Sox lead 6-4. Sammy White out on the mound talking with Jerry Cassell. Every time Cassell throws that fastball, the Yankee batters have been racking it up. But when he takes something off the pitch, he's been getting by. Lou Ferris wants to know from Sammy White whether Castell's elbow bothers him. Bill McKinley, the plate umpire, is out there now talking with Castell. And wait a minute, here comes Billy Jurgis. That's all for Castell. He's not going any further with him. Billy Jurgis is not taking any chances. He went a lot further with him than a lot of managers would have gone. Because the youngster was really in trouble in the second and third innings. Billy went with him long enough for him to stay in and pitch real fine ball after the third inning. 
Jurgis has signaled for a new picture from the bullpen. Bill McKinley talking with Casey Stengel now. Whitey Ford, meanwhile, takes time to run down in the Yankee bullpen just in case the Yankees might need a relief pitcher. In the bottom of the seventh inning, the White Sox fail to score. And now Eddie Yosa is just homing in the seventh with one on. And the Tigers go ahead 14 to 12. How do you like that? What a year that Yosa's having. Boy. But right here, Jerry Cassell is coming out of there. It looks like he's been having a little arm trouble. And Mike Fornelli. Handed relief artist from Havana, Cuba is coming on. So Jerry Cassell has pitched six and one-third innings. He's given up nine base hits, walked only one man, struck out three, and has allowed four runs. Kubek down at second is Cassell's responsibility should he score. So Jerry cannot be the losing pitcher. But he could be the winning pitcher, which would give him his first win over the Yankees. The youngster leads to a nice round of applause from the Red Sox and Yankee fans alike. Cornelius coming on. He's 5'11", 172 pounds from Havana, Cuba. Hard Mickey Mantle about it, representing the tying run of the plate. Kubek leads off second. The pitch to Mickey is a curve over strike one call. Whitey Ford is loosening up for the Yankees. Pitch is inside. One on one the count. Cornelius rubs up the ball. Nelson Cheatham. Change up curve toward the outside corner. One ball, two strikes. Bauman and Cheatham up in the Red Sox bullpen. Sammy White now talking with Don Button and Mike Fornelis out on the mound. Bill McKinley walking out to break it up. And they break it up before McKinley gets out there. One ball, two strikes on Mickey. One out. Two back down at second. The Yankees trailing by two. It's 6-4 here in favor of the Red Sox in the top of the seventh. Here's the stretch. Knuckleball is inside. Two and two to count.
stretch position. The pitch is strike three swing. Got him on a low sinker. Mickey went after it and didn't get it. That's his third strikeout of the day. Gary Cassell has struck him out twice, both on third call strike. Here's Yogi Berra, who singled a fly to right and popped the second. Yogi batting 283. On deck, Elston Howard. Back at second base with two away. Here's the stretch and the pitch is a curve foul outside of first right in the Red Sox dugout strike one. Hardy Ford continues to loosen up. Fournier, the pitch is hit on the ground at second base. Green was right up with it. Over to Runnels in time for the out. And Fournier pitches a stout relief job right there. Getting out of the gym after Kubek had double for the Yankees in the top of the seventh. No runs on one hit. No Red Sox errors and one man left in the score at the end of six and a half innings. The Red Sox six and the Yankees four. In the fourth inning, we'll come up for a second time at bat. Keel was called out on strikes his first time at bat. Left-hand hitter is batting 240. He'll be followed by Pete Reynolds and Gene Stevens, and if somebody should get on, Jackie Jensen. Mantle talking to some of the fans out in center field bleachers as the Red Sox fans are taking their lucky seventh inning stretch. All right, Eli Gerber out on the mound. Gerber's pitched pretty good ball since he went in there. Here's his first pitch to Keogh. High curve, ball one. Gerber ready again. Pitch is high outside. Ball two, two nothing. No strikes, nobody out, nobody on. We're in the bottom of the seventh. Two nothing pitch is high ball three, three nothing. Indians failed to score in the bottom of the seventh, so the score remains 14 for the Tigers and 12 for the Indians playing the top of the eighth inning. Indians have bounced back. And that ball game, see if they can do it again. There's a strike.
Kansas City failed to score on the top of the eighth, and the White Sox are leading 2-1, to one, playing the bottom of the eighth. Billy Pierce, who had been out for quite some time with an injury, and in there the whole game, and Ned Garver doing the pitching for Kansas City. The Macy Holman in that game for the only run. There's a strike call, full count on Marty Field. Now for the payoff pitch. Gerber winds up, kicks the pitch, is high ball four. He lost them. Gerber with his hands on his hips and Yogi shaking his head. They thought that pitch was in there. Another pitcher for the Cleveland Indians, Gary Locke. That's the eighth pitcher. And the record is nine. They've tied the record for the National League. Most pitches in one game by one club, which is eight, but the American League is nine. Keo is on first base. Pete Runnels, who is one for three, single or left his last time at bat. He flied the left and bounced the second before that, batting 317. Pitch is bunted. Gerber up with a shot to second throws to first. He gets Runnels, but Keo slides in safely. The sacrifice works. From the pitcher to the first baseman covering. And it brings up Gene Stevens, who bounced to second, double to right and fly to right. Stevens batting 265. Billy Jurgis playing for another run. Even though Runnels is a good hitter, he didn't want to take the chance of the double play, but he's got Stevens and Jensen coming up. Bottom of the seventh. Gene Stevens, a left hand hitting left fielder. Gerber sets, looks back at the runner at second. Curve is lined in the center field as a base hit. Here comes Theo around third. He'll score easily. Mantle up with it. And the Red Sox lead seven to four. Billy Jurgis playing for that extra run. Got it. Got it real quick, too. Theo scores. Hits on the three off Gerber. The first run they've scored off Gerber. They've scored four off Moss, two off Shirley. And the Red Sox lead. Seven to four. For Stevens, his 32nd run batted in on the year. That's his second hit of the ball game. And here's Jackie Jensen, who doubled, fly to center, and walk. Jackie batting 276. One away. Stevens leads off first. Here's the stretch. The pitch is high. Ball one. On deck, Frank Malzone. Quick throw to first, but Stevens is back. Gene had a busted leg earlier in the year. Looks like he's recovered completely. Another throw, and Stevens has to half slide back in the first base with more of a jump. Stretch, and the pitch is on the inside corner. Strike one, one and one. Sort of quick pitch, Jensen, that time. He wasn't ready. 
One on one and count <clears throat> on the Red Sox slugging right fielder. Here's the stretch. The pitch is outside. Ball two, two and one. Al Schroll, a big right-hander up in the Red Sox bullpen now. And Blaylock for the Yankees. Soft toss to first. Stevens back in plenty of time. throw that time, but Stevens was just about a half a step off. And Jensen steps out of the box. Jackie doesn't want to be quick-pitched again. There's the stretch. Pitch is fouled back out of play. To the count on Jensen. Kirby gets himself a new ball. Stevens leads off first. Here's a stretch. There goes Stevens. The ball is strike three. The throw to second is not in time. Jensen is called out on strikes. But Stevens steals the base. And with two out, here's Frank Malzone, who is two for three. Single to short, single to center, and pops to second. Malzone batting 280. Jackie Jensen took a fastball right down the middle. You know, it bothers some batters when a runner is stealing. They take their eye off the pitch. The Tigers fail to score on the top of the eighth, and the Indians are batting in the bottom of the eighth, needing two runs to tie. Auto score 14 to 12. Tigers lead. Pitch is outside, ball one in our zone. Kirby checks the sign from Yogi. Stevens leading off second base. Stretch. Hits is low. Ball two. Zone looks at Billy Jurgis coaching his third, hoping to get the green light to swing at that 3 nothing pitch. Pitch is outside, low ball four. Gerber walks his third man as Zone goes to first. And with Stevens is second, and two out, here's Sammy White to catch it. Sammy single to right in the second inning to drive in a run. He scored a run, then Boston or fourth play and hit into a double play. Batting 298. 
Sox lead seven to four. We're in the bottom of the seventh. Here's the stretch. Pitch is in there. Strike one call.
Here comes Sammy White to throw to the plate. Is not in time, and Vic Worth clears the bases. How do you like that for a pinch hitter? Vic Worth hits one to left center field, bounded high off the scoreboard. Back over Hector Lopez is there before Mantle really throws the three runners have scored. And Vic Worth is coming out of the ball game after clearing the bases with that double. And the Red Sox now lead in the ball game. Ten to four, and they've scored all ten runs in just two innings. Six in the second and four here in the bottom of the seventh. play short for the Red Sox in place of Budden is out there running for Vic Wirtz. And here is the pitcher, Mike Fornelis. He swings and misses a curve. Strike one. Man, that eighth spot in the batting order for the Red Sox has been real potent. Don Budden had a homer in three RBIs and Wirtz had a double in three RBIs. The curve is hit on the ground is short. Two back up with it. Over to Howard in time for the out. As eight men go to bat that inning for the Red Sox, they come up with four runs on just two base hits. Three walks by Gerber, very instrumental in that big inning. No Yankee errors and one man left. The score at the end of seven full innings, the Red Sox ten and the Yankees four. lead by six as we go to the top of the eighth inning. The Yankees, following a day off tomorrow, meet Kansas City Wednesday night and Thursday afternoon. Friday and Saturday, the Tigers are in. Then a doubleheader against Cleveland on Sunday, a makeup game on Monday. And the White Sox climax the finals Eastern trip of the Western Club as they're in Tuesday the 15th and Wednesday the 16th. Here's Ellie Howard. Mike Cornelius pitch. Inside, ball one. He's over two. Cleveland batting in the bottom of the ninth. Trailing by two runs, 14 to 12. Here's the pitch. Line drive, foul into the left field seat. And the count is one ball and one strike. Elston batting 279. Red Sox 10, Yankees 4. Hit on the ground slowly to short. Mahoney up with it. I throw to first. He's out. Just is out. See, Mahoney took a lot of time waiting for that ball to come down and took his time throwing the first and almost pulled Runnels off the bag. As soon as the youngster got in the game, the Yankees tried him out with a ground ball. Here's Hector Lopez who walked, hit by a pitch ball, and fly to left, batting 284.
serve is outside ball one. O'Neill's next pitch is low outside, ball two, two and nothing. On deck, Gil McDougall. Nothing pitches low outside ball three. Three and nothing the count. Three nothing pitches low ball four. Lopez walks. And that'll bring up Gil McDougal. Gill tripled. Boston will force play and hit back to the pitcher, batting 237. Bill McKinley is throwing somebody out of the game. Let's see, is it Casey Stengel or who is it? Somebody is being drawn out of the game. And look at Casey. Casey is mad, boy. He's following McKinley all around. He wants McKinley to stop and talk with him. Casey Stengel. We haven't seen Casey do this in a long time. He's out of the game. Look at Casey go. Boy, he won't let McKinley get away. He's following him all over the park and arguing. Boy, Casey is really hot. And look at McKinley. I've never seen McKinley this mad before. Evidently, Casey's been getting on McKinley all through the game.
the White Sox won their ball game two to one. Billy Pierce pitched himself a fine seven hitter. Garver pitched an eight hitter. Baltimore shut out Washington seven to nothing. We'll give you a final rundown of the score at the end of this inning. Here's Bobby Richardson, who lined a center, single left and double left center. He's also stolen the base. Bobby takes the curve over strike one call, batting 281. The stretch and the curve is low, ball one, one or more. Two men are out. Is low? No, it's not. It's strike two call. One ball, two strikes. Cornelius sets. Ball bounced way in front of home plate, blocked by Sammy White. Two and two the count. Runners did not advance. The runner did not advance. Hector Lopez at first. Two outs, two balls, two strikes. Boston 10 and the Yankees 4. Pitch is hit on the ground. Foul outside of third. Now the White Sox win another one-run ball game. won something like 32 one-run games this year. Boy, that makes a big difference. Pitch is swung at a missed strike three. Got him in a high inside fastball. So the Yankees in the top of the eighth. No runs, no hits, no Red Sox errors, and one man left. Score at the end of seven and a half innings. Boston 10 and the Yankees 4. Jim Bunning has just gone in for the Detroit Tigers in the last of the ninth, so it could be that the Indians, trailing by two, have something going. A ball game that saw the Indians come from a 12-4 deficit to tie the score at 12-12, and then Eddie Yost hit a two-run homer to make it 14-12. But the Indians, in the last of the ninth, may have something going, and we'll, of course, keep you up to date on that one. Blaylock has come on the pitch for the Yankees as we go to the bottom of the eighth with Johnny Blanchard in there replacing Yogi Berra. Incidentally, when Bunning went in in the ninth inning, that ties a record in the, Amer- in the American League for most pitches used by both clubs, a total of 12. The Indians used eight and the Tigers four. White Sox defeated the Kansas City A's 2-1, and so the Cleveland ball game is of vital importance to Cleveland. Just barely holding on in the remains of the American Lake pennant race. All right, Philly. Austin 10, Yankees 4.
Gary Blaylock first pitches a slow curve that's low, ball one. Gerber struck out Green on a change-up curve. Maybe the Yankees are trying to find something out for next year. Blaylock's next pitch sidearm fastball is in there. Strike one call. Boy, he came in with a crossfire. Woo! It's a wicked pitch. Wind up another fastball. This one low. Ball two, two, and one. up and the fastball is on the inside corner. Count even at two and two. On deck, Marty Peel. The pitch is lined right at Gil McDougall at third. Boy, Green got good wood on that one to the opposite field, but lined it right at Gill, one away. Brings up Marty Keogh, who took over for Gary Geiger, who was injured making that sensational catch on Tony Kubek. In the fourth inning, Keogh has struck out and walked. He scored one run. Batting 240. Takes a curve inside, ball one. Playlock started his windup stop. Now he's ready. Low curve is lying foul and the seat's on the right field line. One and one to count. Back to the screen. Two and one. On deck, Pete Reynolds. Two one pitch, slow curve, way outside, ball three. Three and one. Ball four, Keel walks for the second time. That'll bring up Pete Runnels, who fly to left, bounce the second, single to left, and sacrifice. One for three for Runnels, batting 317. Red Sox are leading 10 4. We're in the bottom of the eighth. Here's the stretch, and the pitch is high, ball one. Strike one, one on one. 
throw to first. Steal back. Again the stretch. The pitch is hit on the ground, up the middle, and knocked down, but no chance for a play. Kubek knocked it down. Now how he got to the ball, a great play by Kubek, but he couldn't quite hold on to it. It's a base hit for Runnels. Looked like he didn't have a chance to come up with the ball. He slapped at it at the last second and tried to knock it to Richardson, just couldn't do it. Ball stopped and back at second base. Runners at first and second now with one out. And here's Gene Stevens, who has singled and doubled, fly to right and bounced to second, also has stolen the base, batting 269. Stevens has one RBI. Left hand hitter. One out. The stretch. Pitch is low ball one. Hit foul outside of first. Strike one, one and one. Jackie Jensen is on deck. Strike corner, strike two, two and two. Two balls, two strikes, one out, two men on. In the bottom of the eighth inning, game that's almost three hours old. Red Sox ten and the Yankees four. Is low inside at the full count, three and two. Here's the stretch. The runners go. The ball is taken. Ball four. Now, oh, wait a minute. Hit his bat. As he tried to duck out of the way, it hit his bat and popped out of Blanchard's glove. Both runners go back. They were going. It was a bad ball, and Stevens tried to duck back out of the way. Just did pick his bat. Had Blanchard held on to the ball, both runners would have had a stolen base. They had good jumps. Here they go. The ball is taken low. Ball four. Bases are loaded, and here comes Jackie Jensen. Jensen double, fly to right, walked, and struck out. Batting 276. 
Theo at third, Runnels at second, and Stevens at first. With just one out and Jackie Jensen the batter. Ralph Terry is up in the Yankee bullpen. Blaylock will pitch from his full windup now. Here's the windup. Curve in the dirt, ball one. Pitch is hot foul out of play down the right field line. Way back in the seat. One on one to count. Here's the wind up. Pitch is high inside ball two. Two and one. I like that Cleveland scored three runs in the bottom of the ninth inning to win it. What a game. 15-14. Oh, what a comeback for Joe Gordon and his Cleveland Indians. How do you like that? They had to win that game and they won it. Here's the pitch. It's line to center field, digging in Mantle. He can't get it. It goes by him, rolling to the wall. One run in. Two runs in. Stevens is being held up at third, and Jensen's in with a double. As Mickey Mantle tried to make a shoestring catch. Couldn't quite get through the ball. Jensen drives in two runs, which gives him 100 on the year. Scoring Theo and Ronald. And the Red Sox now lead in the ball game 12 to 4. Jensen at second. Stevens at third, and here's Frank Malzone. Malzone is two for three. Two singles. Pops to the second baseman and walks. Batting 280. Jensen hit that ball. A low line drive. That man will try to run in under the dead run and catch off the shoe top. Couldn't do it. Only fast backing up by Hank Bauer. Kept it from being an inside the park homer. Pitch to Malzone is in there. Strike one call. Man, what a finish for the Cleveland Indians. We'll give you a complete rundown of that score and all the scores right at the end of this inning. Side arm curve is high outside. Ball one, one, one. Only one out. Short left field, Kubek going back in front of the box seat, makes the catch in foul territory. Both runners have to hold. Two out here, Sammy White, who's single, bounced into a fourth play, hit into a double play, and walked. Sammy batting 298. They just put the score up there. The Indians win it 15 to 14. 16 hits for the Indians, 13 hits for the Tigers. And neither team made an error. Boy, that's what makes that some ball game. They tied a major league record for the most pitches in one game. 
12 pitches. Here's the windup. A pitch to White. Low ball one. Side on fastball is outside. Ball two, two or nothing. Here's a two nothing pitch. Way outside. Ball three, three or nothing. The eight. Pitch is a strike. Ball rolled a little bit away from Blanchard. Pitch is hit on the ground to first base. What a hop that took, but Howard Jump with the throws to Blaylock in time for the out. Boy, what a bounce that one took. He hit it right over the end of his bat. For the Red Sox in the bottom of the eighth, two runs on two hits. No Yankee errors and two men left to score at the end of eight full innings. The Red Sox 12 and the Yankees 4. The Yankees coming up here in the top of the ninth inning. They're trailing 12 to 4. Johnny Blanchard is the first hitter. Blanchard batting left. And the first pitch, right in there for a call strike. The next pitch is low, one and one. Blanchard. Batting just 160, has one double, one homer, and two runs batted in. Score here is 12 to 4 in favor of the Red Sox. There's a pitch low, ball 2, 2 and 1. Cornelius ready. His pitch is low, ball 3. in the air to the right side. Pete Runnels, the first baseman, is under it in fair territory and makes the grab for the first out. One away. Here's Hank Bauer. Hank's one for four. He's single to left in the third inning. Also fly to left, fly to center, and pop to the catcher, batting 230. Outside ball one. Next pitch inside ball two, two or nothing. Three and nothing. Hank Barr and Sammy White talking about that pitch. Three balls, no strikes. Wind up. The pitch is ball four. Outside, ball four. First is Tony Kubek. Kubek is one for four with a double a right center field, but he's hit the ball hard as other three times. 
batting 293. Pitch is pop foul out of play, strike one. Cornelius Reddy, his changeup is hit on the ground a second. This could be it. Green to the shortstop back to first. Double play. The game's over. From Green to Mahoney, back to Runnels, and the ball game is over. The Red Sox won it by a score of 12 to 4. 12 to 4 is the final score. The Red Sox win the final game of the season played up in Boston between these two teams, and not the Red Sox, for the first time since 1948, have taken a season series from the New York Yankees. They have now won 12 of the 18 of the 19 games played between these two clubs. For the Boston Red Sox, 12 runs, 14 hits, no errors, and seven men left. For the Yankees, four runs, nine hits, no errors, and seven men left. The winning pitcher, Jerry Cassell, who has now won 10 and lost eight as his first win over the Yankees, and his major league career evens him with the Yankees, one and one. The loser, Duke Moss, who has won 12 and lost seven with the Red Sox, he has now won three and lost two. Well, that wraps up another Atlantic Baseball broadcast. Tune in for more baseball listening on Wednesday. And until then, this is Bob Delaney speaking for Phil Rizzuto, Mel Allen, and, of course, Franklin Farland saying that's all for now from the Atlantic Refining Company and your neighborhood Atlantic dealer and P. Valentine & Sons, brewers of Valentine Beer and Ale.